record. It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady. Uh, big news out there, Brady Beaton, and you saw it oh, firsthand. Yeah. yeah, Marysville pulled off a, a, I'd say a big upset. I think a lot of people around the state look at that score when they beat Lake Fenton and go, oh, what happened there? We'll tell you what happened there. Sandusky season came to an end. You were there for that one. Uh, it was a, a good ball game. It was a close ball game. And actually, Sandusky led most of the ball game. Yes. But in the end, they ran out of gas, I guess. Boys, district finals are set. I was at the St. Clair district. I saw Richmond and St. Clair cash their tickets into a district final. Port here on Northern season ended when you were there. You've been battling. Luck this week. That, uh, Three the, of the four days you've gone, you've you've had what four teams have their season end while you've watched five technically, right? PH Anchor Bay, Northern, and Sandusky. I thought there was somebody else, but I guess you're right. The one win well, you I'll, saw I'll, was Sandusky I'll, over Reese. I'll I'll I'll, I'll get both tonight because Crosslex and Emily City are, are are playing. Yeah. Uh, each other so one's going to win one's going to lose yes that that will happen at the end of the game i'll be at uh st Clair richmond that's going to be a fun one um so I'll, you'll be bad luck for somebody I, I guess i will but you'll be good luck for somebody else look at that even steven but <laughs> anyway we have a lot to get to but one thing i want to take two minutes in the intro to complain about something dennis okay um i understand why it's there the scripts that the PA announcers have to read okay. in the MHSAA postseason. And maybe it's because we're at a game every single night, so we hear it ad nauseum. But, oh, my God, you can shorten up the script before the national anthem. You don't have to describe how to stand up, turn your body, look at the flag, and that has 13 star or 13 so, stripes some, and 50 so, Some stars. of them read that in the regular season. Yes, it's – and now this game brought to you by the United States of America, founded in 1776. <laughs> Please put your two feet on the floor. Stand up. Look at the flag on the wall in this gymnasium. He's being a bit sarcastic at not, the moment. but, but it, Not it, it that is, sarcastic. It, it, it is a, a long thing that he reads about, you know, putting the hand over the heart and doing it's all like, the military making we'd the like proper to thank salute. this to the army the navy the air force the cub scouts and the national I don't Guard. quite go that far but yes it does it does take about depending on who's reading it because if you so, get some people like have it down and they can rattle it off yes. pretty good other people you know you can tell they're reading it for the first time well it takes about 10 to 15 seconds. Well, the guy at Ortonville, Brandon, he did a really good job as the PA, but he was more of a slow, methodical PA guy, like which is fine. Like I said, he did a good job, but that script took 20 to 30 seconds to get done. And it's just like, oh, my – like I understand, but there's one place I've been during the postseason that 
they basically said, nah, I'm not reading this, and goes, please stand up, turn to the flag, and honor our country as we play the national anthem, and gets it going. I'm not going to snitch on anyone, but <laughs> but if you've been in the gym, you know who it is. They, uh-huh. You talk to them, and they go, yeah, I'm not re- I'm not reading that whole thing. Uh, I have a question. Do you prefer alternating starting lineups, or do they just do one team and then the other? One team and then the other. That does seem to go faster. It does, but it's I don't hate one over the other. Like, it's... It's not like I go, oh, they're doing alternating. This gym sucks. Burn it down. <laughs> but, no. Yeah, just that. And, um, yes, I will drink chocolate milk, too, by the way. Now, nobody's a- read that one at my games oh, yet. I know I- it's in there, but no, I haven't heard anybody read it. Or they read it while I was doing something else and wasn't paying attention. And I think in my sleep I can tell you the five good reasons to play multiple sports. Yes. And it's basically you'll be better at other sports. <laughs> you will do other things. Well, we both agree that yes, you we shouldn't do. narrow yourself. to Like, even if one thing is what you're going to do, you should play the other sports because they do help you at that point. Oh, I agree with, like, do. everything in all the reads I've complained about. But, hey, <laughs> tighten it up a little bit. Good Lord. Oh, the PA guy's out of breath by the time tip-off goes. They do have a lot of stuff to uh, to read. So that's my mini rant. But we'll, uh, we'll only have good times ahead because I saw uh, an awesome game. Maybe one of the best performances I've seen since we've been doing this, Dennis. All right, and we'll talk about that next. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 800- 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. 
Hey guys, Brady Beaton here to let you know that TP Logos is now at their brand new location. Now located at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville, TP Logos has the largest in-stock selection of your team's spirit wear. While the location has changed, the service has not. They still will handle all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Check out tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP Logos. Take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at adviacu.org forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS number 401863. Dura Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Dura Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Dura Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. Dura Clean by Bachelor. Magnet International would like to thank the Blue Water area for welcoming us into their community. We are excited to put our roots down in this beautiful, growing area. As the largest auto supplier in North America, we are thrilled to call Blue Water area home and look forward to many, many years in this wonderful community. Our brand new facility is located off of Range Road in St. Clair, Michigan. Magnet is a proud sponsor of Blue Water area high school athletics. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things. Like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis and Brady, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck On Sports podcast. We're going to start with last night's games because we had just uh, two girls' teams left uh, in the area, and they were both playing for regional championships and the right to move on to the quarterfinals. And Marysville was a big under. I'm just going to say it, Brady. They're a big underdog. Nobody was expecting them to beat Lake Fenton. I wasn't expecting them to beat Lake Fenton. I'd seen Lake Fenton a couple of times. I knew what they had. They they were they, they just the, got done. They're the evil empire. They got done systematically dismantling MLA City, a super talented MLA City team, and Marysville had struggled to get by Cranbrook in a sloppy game. And yeah, I mean, go back and listen to Wednesday's show. I was not optimistic about this. I was like, yeah, there's a way they can win. Maybe if they keep it low scoring, hit a few shots, and oh boy, was I wrong. And I'll tell you this. let's. It started about 35 minutes before the game when 
Two full fan buses of about 85 Marysville students got there, and the student section was filled 20 minutes before warm-up even started. They were basically the first ones in the gym, which was really cool to see. Have I mean, bringing an hour and on a bus, an hour and 20-minute drive to get there and sending them off. Marysville contingent was there early, and they were loud as soon as they had a reason to be loud. As soon as a Lake Fenton player stepped on the court, the boos rang out. As soon as a Marysville player came out, they were going crazy. And they were a big part. I'll get into that more later. But as the game got started, you know, I'm sitting there. I'm just like, I was talking to Brendan Welper. And I'm like, you know, if there is a group of girls that can pull a game out that they have, they probably have no business winning, it's this one. And from the opening tip, uh, Marysville turned over on the first possession. Lake Fenton went down and scored 2-0. And Dennis, that was the only time Lake Fenton led. Marysville came back, scored, got a stop, score, bang, bang, bang. It's 9-2, and every time Lake or Marysville scored or forced a Lake Fenton turnover, the roar, it grew, it got better bigger the crowd got more into it and Lake Fenton kept just was stunned they couldn't believe it now I I'm not going to speculate how seriously they took Marysville I'm not going to speculate if they were looking ahead I will tell you from my perspective it felt like they thought they could roll the ball out play play 32 minutes of basketball collect their hardware and go home So when Marysville came out and punched them in the mouth, they didn't know what to do. Dennis, it was 20-7 to after the first quarter. And and Blake Fenton, they didn't like the Marysville crowd getting louder and louder. It was essentially a home game because the stands at Ortonville-Brandon, I mean, that gym can probably hold 2,000 people. It is a big, spacious place. Like the stands on just one side. Like Marysville brought a ton of people, and they didn't even fill up half of the one side. But they were loud, and Lake Fenton didn't like it. Here is one thing that I thought was curious by Lake Fenton. They never called a timeout in the first half. Despite even in the second quarter, Marysville kept their foot on the gas. Caitlin Kane's making shots. Kara Miller, she hit three threes and didn't hit the rim once. Uh, they, they were just on top of it, and 34-18, at the half, reminder, they only gave up 37 to MLA City two days earlier. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't you think part of it is Lake Fenton is not used to a being behind or having a team take it to them unless they put somebody on their schedule that they know is better Ipsy than prep, them. Lance you know, Cruz yeah, North. Because everybody, like these, these top-notch teams are doing this now. Where it's like, yeah, we're, you know, we're a really good Division Two team. We're going to play the top Division One teams early in the season, you know, just to prepare ourselves. And you know, so when they get into those games and they fall behind, it's like, yeah, well, we were supposed to. But they get into a game against a Marysville. They're like, who the hell is Marysville? Most kids in Lake Fenton probably don't even know where Marysville is. And if they saw them Tuesday, they're going, this team. Pfft. They scored 35 points. Yeah. They struggled the, with Cranbrook. It's in their head that Marysville is like a farming community or something yeah. in the middle of the thumb. Yes. Like they think Marysville is 
Reese or Carol or something <laughs> like that. Yes. And, yeah, Mary's was up 16 at the half. And you could just tell they had not been in that situation. They didn't know how to react. And Marysville, I said this on Wednesday, and it ended up being really true. They're playing a faceless opponent. They don't care. They played their game. Third quarter, you're going, all right. They're down 16. Lake Fenton's going to come out with everything they've got. You know the old saying, if you can survive the first three minutes. And Lake Fenton took the third quarter. They cut the lead to 45-36. But Marysville, every time Lake Fenton would go on a little run, either Ratchy calls a timeout or Caitlin Kane gets a layup. Maddie Smith gets open in the paint, gets something to go. Avery Wolters gets a putback. Marysville was outrunning Lake Fenton. They were outworking them. They were getting the loose balls. They did a really good job stopping them from getting uh, offensive rebounds. Fourth quarter, Lake Fenton's trying to make a late push. They never got it closer than seven. Like, you're expecting this, and everyone in the gym you could feel is almost waiting for that other shoe to drop, for it to go bang, 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 three threes. Uh Uh-oh, we're only up two now. And it never happened. Marysville wins it 61-49. And the Lake Fenton side was absolutely shocked. Absolutely shocked. They, they just got hit in the mouth and didn't know how to respond to that. Again, I have no proof of this, but it felt like from my side that they were expecting to roll the ball out on the court and take care of business win a regional title, they're Lake Fenton, they've destroyed everyone in their path, who's Marysville? Yeah, well, I mean, seriously, they're probably looking at it going, oh, these guys play St. Clair and we beat St. Clair by 700. Right. So they don't, they, they don't right. play anybody. They barely beat uh, St. Clair in the district semifinals. Yeah, it's, it's like, we're going to score 100 points tonight. Right. And Marysville, here was the thing that was so impressive about Marysville and that what really good teams do, and when, especially when you pull off an upset. Sometimes you know how players press. They think, oh, I've got to do more than what I'm capable of. Everyone played their role, and they played it to perfection. Caitlin Kane was the main scorer. She had 22, but she did it within the offense. She never tried to force it. I mean, obviously, there's going to be a few exceptions. You don't play an actual perfect basketball game. But she was driving, passing it around, getting their open looks. She hit three threes, hit five free throws down the stretch. Kara Miller, 13 points. She had three threes, a couple layups. She was sensational. Avery Wolters did a really good job on the boards, running the floor, had a few fast-break buckets. She hit a big three in the game. Marysville actually hit seven threes in the contest. And Maddie Smith did a good job getting in the dirty areas, getting in the paint. She's not a huge girl. Like Cola Sisk and, and Fellenbaum all were bigger than her. Maddie Smith didn't care. She got in the paint, got 11 points. Uh, hit hit some big free throws down the stretch. Anna Oles had two points. She did another really nice job rebounding and just playing calm. No one did anything out of the ordinary. And here's the other part. Sometimes when you see an upset like, okay, Middle Tennessee State just hit six of their first seven threes and they're shooting 80% from beyond the arc, uh-oh, Michigan State's out. Like you go, that's not sustainable. They wouldn't do that again. 
Marysville could have played 10 quarters with Lake Fenton. They just bell to bell whooped them. They were down 2 nothing and never trailed. It wasn't because the fouls were 10-2. to It wasn't because they had to pull a horseshoe out of their back pocket shooting. It wasn't because Caitlin Kane or Kara Miller scored 45 points in, in a, a once-in-a-lifetime performance. They went out there, played basketball, and just took it to them for 32 minutes, and they get their first regional championship. You know, and, and I don't know how much this plays in. But a lot of those girls, like, they went to the state finals in softball last year. So, like, pressure is not a thing. They, uh, I don't know like, how many, but a lot of them play volleyball. They played in yeah. two regional finals in volleyball. So, like, they're used, to, they're used to the spotlight. They're used to playing in the big game. And I'm not saying that it's not a big deal and that you don't get nervous. But you get I'm used just saying to it. that when, yeah, when you get into the game, you, you get into it quicker. Like, it doesn't take you that long to shake off any nerves that you might have. You know, and, and I just think they're they're like, okay, we've been here before. We know it's going to be loud. We know it's going to be this. We know there's going to be this, you know, kind of pressure and whatever. And they can deal with it. Yeah, and that's a, that's a really good point that they just didn't feel the pressure or didn't look like they did. It was like, okay, we're playing basketball. We've done this since we've been in sixth grade. Same girls we played in in a travel league with that we played seventh and eighth grade basketball in the middle school league. Now we're just playing in a regional final. It's basketball. Hey, they press. This is how we go about it. They play man-to-man. This is what we'll do. Oh, we want to set up a three. Oh, we've ran this play a lot. It was just quintessential. Mary's worried about themselves. They did what they needed to do to win they didn't worry about lake fenton they didn't get starstruck and savannah fellenbaum was the reason why lake fenton was in the game in the first half i think at one point she had like 11 of their first 15 points or at halftime like 13 of 18 or something and their stars were pressing they were trying to force shots they were taking contested looks from threes They were attacking the basket, trying to go through two defenders, throwing up shots. And you could tell the frustration because every call, like as the game wore on, you could tell they were frustrated by calls. And Marysville, not as much. Obviously, it's an emotional game, but Marysville was just kind of shrugging things off and they were just doing the things they do. And I'm telling you, we said it during their softball run. It's, It's a reflection of their coach. Ryan Ratchie is one of the calmest people you will ever meet. Never too high, never too low. So you get in a game against a team that you're probably supposed to lose to by double digits. You just go, all right, we're going to play basketball and we're going to whoop you for four quarters straight. And when you talk about, like, tension and prayer, he's got such a wry sense of humor Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, he'll he'll just say something and crack everybody up. Right. And, you know, you, you just relax. Oh, we're, we're just hoping that we can get a strike call today. Right. We just want to win an inning, he'd we, say during the yep. Or he'd just drop a Seinfeld quote on, that, you had, to, to make a that you had to think about for a minute. And then, yeah, get him going. And, hey, when things went bad, he doesn't panic. He doesn't freak out. He's a calming presence. And there were probably two or three times Lake Fenton would hit a three. They'd get it down to seven. There was uh, one time, yeah, they got it to seven, and then – Ratchie calls a timeout. They get a stop. 
They get the steal. Walters layup. Then get another stop. Caitlin Kane, bang, hits a three. Your seven-point deficit's now 12 again. Thanks for coming. We're the better basketball team. Like Again, I can't emphasize enough that it, this wasn't some fluky performance. Because you've seen games, let's use hockey as an example. Let's use a Marysville hockey example. When they beat Cranbrook in the, the regional back when I was in high school 10 years ago, they had like a 53 safe performance. That's a game you go, eh, hey, we pulled one out, we got lucky, we had a hot goaltender. Yeah. This was just domination tip to buzzer and a 61-49 or maybe 51, I don't know. Lake Fenton threw up a shot near the buzzer that may or may not have counted. Either way, double-digit victory for Marysville. Um, they actually, I was wrong on the broadcast, They had their last regional win was in 01, but this is their first regional championship ever, which is absolutely incredible. So they're going to go to the quarterfinal next Tuesday, and as things progress, we'll probably get more into this, uh, like on Monday. But uh, they're going to play Detroit Country Day, and again, that's you, you hear the name and you go, oh, but it's like I, I don't like I don't consider Marysville an underdog in this game. No, like Country I did Day's against what, like, like thirteen and seven, or and something? and that's not to say that this is an easy game or that it's a gimme. You're going to have to go out and play as hard as you did uh, in in the other games to, to win this one. But I, it's like, don't like sit there and go, oh, here we go again, just because you hear that name. They're a good basketball team, but Marysville is just as good and maybe better. And Marysville probably had a tougher road to get there. Like you look at well, what? Hey, a, a Lake Fenton win is a tougher road. I don't care who else they played. <laughs> right. So you look at That's what? That's better than anybody Country Day had to beat to, to get to where they're at. <laughs> yeah. Um, you want to look at what Country Day had to do. They beat Livonia Clarence Hill, who was 15 and 10. Warren Regina made a regional final at 9 and 14. Or 9 and 13 because they lost. Yeah. So that was. Interesting. They did. I be- think they play a pretty tough schedule. They do. They play teams like Marion and stuff like that. I think. Right. I'm not saying, but they still were nine and yeah. eight, thirteen going into it. Uh, in the district, Country Day beat Detroit Jalen Rose Leadership Academy, who played nine games during the season, wow. and Ferndale University, which I still don't understand what that is. <laughs> I don't get how you can be a university in high school. But whatever, send my regards to Liggett. They came out, their protractors got in the way when they were trying to shoot. Anyway, <laughs> that's a huge win for Marysville. They play, like you said, Tuesday in a quarterfinal at U of D Mercy. And this group of Marysville girls between the softball team last year, I know they lost a few seniors, this basketball team, this has been one of the best runs for girls athletics in Marysville um, in a while. And think about all the talented players that have gone through the Marysville program just in the last 10 years. You had the Valcos, Peyton Husson, the Delores, the the older Fogarty's through that group. And they always ran into that brick wall in the regional. This time, they didn't run into it. They kicked it down on their way to a quarterfinal. That was one of the three most impressive big game wins. This one, Marine City just 
dominating Portland in the state semifinal in football. And Croslex Goodrich, which was supposed to be a heavyweight bout, and that game was over five minutes into it. <laughs> Those were the three most impressive performances I've seen. And, yeah, you could tell Lake Fenton was the bully that took a punch square to the jaw and went, you're not supposed to do that. And then 30 minutes later, Marysville had the hardware. Um, impossible question to answer because we haven't been around for the 100 years of Marysville basketball and all that. But this has got to be, if not the biggest win in the history of Marysville girls basketball, it's certainly on the list in in, in the top part. I mean, yeah, it's your first regional win ever. That's And it's against a team not a lot of people thought you were going to do it with, uh, be able to beat. Like, Dennis, in your 25 years in Port Huron, one of the bigger upsets you've ever seen on a bigger stage, too? Yeah, no, I'm, I, I, I totally agree. Like, I, I'm trying to think something to really compare it with at this point and I can't because like Lake Fenton like they were a team I was in awe of them yes um, oh I, I saw that I thought they I, were a, a juggernaut complete and, and, transparency I'm like I, I was going to Ortonville I'm like I hope Marysville keeps it close because I the way they just surgically dissected MLA City I was worried it would get out of hand I didn't think it'd get out of hand the other way like that was the Best case scenario, and I will say you made a lot of people at Ortonville Brandon very happy with that win. <laughs> yeah, they don't like 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 Fenton is hated over there. Yes, the uh, people don't like them over there, which is fine with us because we didn't like them either, uh, and we're happy that Marysville has moved on. All right, um, there was another uh, regional final last night. I was over in Reese, Reese and Sandusky. So you've got two teams with completely different philosophies hmm. um reese is get up and go they're the rockets and they play like rockets <laughs> their boys team plays the same yeah. way uh and and sandusky is uh a, a very physical gritty let's sandpaper it Let, let's let's smooth the surface and ah we'll sandpaper it a little more and a little more and then basically it's you've got a pile of dust at the end of things <laughs> is is the best way I, I can describe uh, them so and in talking to everybody up there in the media and there was a lot of media coverage for this game yeah, you had more than I did yeah the 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 feeling was is that if Reese sets the tempo Sandusky won't be able to keep up and if Sandusky sets the tempo, Reese still has a chance. Um, so basically, everybody was picking Reese. And I'm like, I just, they're 23-0. and 0. I have a hard time with everybody just being so nonchalant about, oh, Reese is going to win this basketball game. And Reese came out and scored the first four points. And I'm like, oh, I guess everybody knows what they're talking about. Because in the beginning, they got like two quick kind of fast break baskets and then Sandusky just very calmly they come down the court they hold the ball for a two minute and 40 second possession where <laughs> they throw it around and throw it around and finally oh Morgan Taggy's open on the right wing fires a three and it's four to three 
and all of a sudden there's a stop and a rebound and they run it down court uh, and uh, they send it off on the wing and Abby Trubkowski is open for a three and it's six to four Sandusky and they never trailed again Brady until there was under three minutes to go in the game they actually after falling behind four nothing scored 13 straight points and Reese took two timeouts during the run before they kind of figured it out they scored the last four points at first so it's 13 to 8 Sandusky after one then it was a total classic Sandusky second quarter <laughs> where the score was five to four and they won it they lost oh, the they lost it. by a point uh, but they led at halftime 17 to 13. There was about two minutes left in the third quarter, and Sandusky was up 28 to 21. And the quarter ended 29 29 because Reese does it that fast. Uh, they have a girl, Josie Johnson, who scored uh, 23 in the St. Charles game, um, had been very quiet, only had two points at halftime. Up to this point, she'd only had four points in the game. Back to back threes in the like the last 40 seconds of the third quarter and her second one came at the buzzer 29 29 going into the fourth and you're like uh-oh. that hurts that hurts uh-oh but very calmly Sandusky comes out runs a three-minute possession where every girl touches the ball 17 times and finally they get a a basket from Emmy Bender and they go up 31 to 29 and that was the last time they scored in the basketball game the game actually ended the, the the like the last 10 minutes they got outscored 14 to 2. But again, Reese didn't take the lead till there was about two and a half minutes to go in the game and then they sank a couple of free throws with 14 seconds left in the game to ice it and so it was a come from behind win for Reese 35-31 and I tip my cap to all the media guys up there because they called it Sandusky got to play this game for the most part at the pace that they like. They yep. set the tempo, and it worked almost to the end, but Reese had too many weapons, and their their two big girls, uh, Johnson and uh, Dalak is the other girl who scored 14 in the game. It took them a while, but when they when they get going, they, they're big-time players. They make big shots. Um, and it was a, a really good basketball game. The The score in the fourth quarter was 6-2, Reese. If, so it was exactly the way Sandusky wanted to play the game. These, it was their best shot to win the game. But if, they, if the game wasn't at Reese, does that change anything? You know, I don't know because I'm, I'm going to say this, too. Um, I thought there wouldn't be a seat in the house. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't as full up as I expected. And Sandusky's crowd is very vocal and very loud mm-hmm. and very positive with their team. Um, and so it was as loud when Sandusky scored a basket as it was when Reese scored a basket. Gotcha. Um, and I think because Reese was behind the majority of the game, their fans were a little subdued. Like, they were nervous. Like, you could – there was tension in the gym, and they really didn't get fired up until the last minutes of the game. Um, and th- and that's when 
the the student section started chanting overrated every time Sandusky missed a shot, and then they would get yelled at by whoever was over there because yeah, it was very funny. polite there. We had we had <laughs> contrasting games between Marysville student section, which struggled a bit during the regular season for boys and girls. Came out in the best way at Ortonville Brandon. Like I said, you had 80, 90 students there, and there's so much space between the bleachers and the, the actual court that anytime Marysville did anything, they were just going nuts on the floor. Kids were doing push-ups, jumping up and down. They were they made a factor and they were a factor in that game. And between Lake Fenton and Marysville student section, I swear there was chanting 75% of the time the ball was in play. And then you tell me a team would try to, or someone from Reese or someone would try to chant anything and they'd get shut down before they could get the second chant out. Yeah, it, it's, it, it was like um, they take sportsmanship to a different level, or at least the, the, the school administrators do. They're like, no, no, no. We're classier than that. We don't do that here, um, and 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 they kind of keep things in rain. And and for Sandusky, like they're very confident. The, the the whole game, like I say, that they've got the lead, and they're like, this is this is what we do. We're twenty three and zero. Nobody's beaten us yet. And I give Reese credit too because they didn't panic. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in the end, they they just had. Uh, you know they had two girls that are that score points and Sandusky. You know we, we've said it; they've got a lot of girls who contribute in a lot of ways, but they don't have that person that at the end of the game give them the ball and it's a hundred percent that they're going to mm-hmm. make the shot for you. Bender is the closest thing they have to that, and she only had six points in the game. Um, actually, it was Morgan uh, Taggy who did a great job for them. Uh, she scored twelve, but. Um, she didn't score after the third quarter, so um, it, they'll go twenty-three and uh, one. And Aldemot um, is still going to get the record, and he's still yeah, he's the man. Seven away, right? And, and from he is the outright six away from time. Yeah, it, and it is just in, incredible when he he doesn't raise his voice, but when he talks, everybody's listening. As far as his girls, when he talks to officials, they're afraid to look him in the eyes. Really? How is he when he coaches? Those officials will look down at their shoes when he and he doesn't really raise his voice. Like maybe initially, something will get him up off the bench, and he'll be and he'll holler for a second, and then he calms down. He says his piece, and those officials look down at their feet the whole time because they know they know. They know that if it's like he's scold- that if he's up scolding them, it's like getting scolded they by did your it grandpa. Wrong. <laughs> they did it wrong, and it's like, yes, we we know, sir, but we, <laughs> we can't really do anything about it now. <laughs> um, anyway, so anyways, congratulations to Sandusky on a terrific season, uh, and good luck to uh, Reese. They they've got a good basketball team, and I just you just really look at that GTC West, Reese, Carroll. Bad Axe, Cass City, those top four teams were really good. Yep. That's a tough league. And Sandusky kind of blew through the GTC East. 
Yeah, the West was definitely tougher than yeah. the East. Um, so Tuesday, you will be covering the Marysville quarterfinal game. Against Country Day at yep. Detroit Mercy 530. Because I am basically MIA from next Tuesday onward. Oh, yeah, way to go, Brady. Yeah, I know. I pick just, a great just, time. Just take off when the heat is on. <laughs> You know, I'm going to be at SC4 doing the Women National Championships there. So I am disappointed, to say the least, that I got to do the first four games and Dennis gets to hop in at the quarterfinal. Well, he did that to me with Richmond softball, too. Take him to the finish line, just like I did with Richmond softball. Yeah, yeah. State champs. Yeah. State champs powered by Stucky. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, where's your ring? (laughs) It's coming. (laughs) Um, It's coming, you know. So, all right. I got connections. I got family ties in Richmond. Yes, you do. So that was <laughs> it for the girls' side. Let's rewind a day and go back to Wednesday because we had four basketball games we covered, um, and none of them were particularly close except for your your one. Yeah, and and that was uh, that that was less, have, that was less of a basketball game and more of. Uh, like a gladiatorial event. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we come back. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 800- 250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Feel more confident and in control of your financial life. Ameriprise Advisors can work with you to provide personalized, goal-based advice based on your short and long-term goals. Plus, you can track your investments and financial solutions with our digital tools and regular meetings. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services. Services LLC, member FINRA, and SIPC. Take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at adviacu.org forward slash HELOC. 
All loans subject to approval. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS number 401863. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. Looking for that perfect first vehicle for your kid's Sweet 16? Maybe you just want a quality vehicle at a fair price. Whatever your needs are, Jepson Car Company will take care of you. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson has a wide variety of pre-owned vehicles that can fit your budget. With a great selection for first-time car buyers, check out their website at jepsoncarco.com. That's J-E-P-S-O-N-C-A-R-C-O.com. Or give them a call at 810-662-3048 to find the perfect ride. This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior, and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual, and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Looking for a new career? Magna International could be the place for you. Located in St. Clair off Range Road, Magna was named one of Forbes 2020 World's Best Employers. Magna is currently hiring a multitude of positions and offers a great work environment with competitive pay. Wages start $17 and up. Apply for jobs at magna.com forward slash careers. Again, magna.com forward slash careers. Get a fresh start with Magna International today. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Time to uh, shift gears and take a look at uh, the boys' uh, basketball playoffs as we had the uh, boys' district semifinals played on Wednesday. I was at the D1 district at Lance Cruz North, uh, and uh, we had uh, in the opening game – Dakota was taking on Anchor Bay. It wasn't much of a game, Brady. Uh, Dakota ended up winning 69-26, to 26, as expected. The, the most interesting stats in this game, 28 different players played in the basketball game. Why? <laughs> 15 for Dakota, and 13 of them scored. And there Anchor- shouldn't be 20. Eight players draft. I get there's JV call-ups, but come on. That is too many players. Anchor Bay used 13 guys. 20 different players scored in this basketball game. Although Marysville uses like 14 players on a regular basis. They make hockey changes. Yeah. They they bring five guys in and five guys out. Well, I mean, uh, again, it's 58 to 21 after three quarters. And at that point, both teams kind of – started just putting everybody in. 
Which I get, but yeah, that's that's awful for you. <laughs> oh so, my god, that's like, awful. Just when you get in your groove and you're used to who's playing in in the game, and uh, yeah, the, all of a sudden you've got to learn uh, ten new names. Nineteen for uh, Ty Williams, who who only played three quarters, uh, and Dylan Gyra had ten points for Anchor Bay. They were the only two players in the game that got into uh, double uh, figures uh, in this one. Um, and Dakota is as advertised, um, and they took care of business against an Anchor Bay team that ends up only winning one game this year. So the, the main game uh, was game two, Lance Cruz North against Port Huron Northern. This is a rematch. They played the very first game of the season, and it was a really low-scoring game, and I said on uh, the Northern, sh- Yeah, Northern struggled. They only put up 25 in yeah. the opener. Uh, and, and I had said on Wednesday – Different game this time around. You'll need 60 points to win this basketball game. And at halftime, it was 18 to 18. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm I'm looking at your tweets, trying to get updates, and I can I can always tell when you're into it when you put the little extra line <laughs> on your tweet. I'm like, ooh, Dennis is is at least enjoying this game because <laughs> the way you described it, it's a battle. You need body armor. How they were the officials, and you told me after the game, let just about everything go. Yeah, you you. Like they were breaking bottles and and if you weren't getting arrested for it, it wasn't yeah, a foul. Uh, there were chains and and chainsaws and yeah, it, it brass knuckles. It, it really looked like like the, a battle scene from Braveheart. <laughs> like the two sides lined up, they blew the whistle, and it just ah, everybody charges in on each other, and you know it, it's a it's a battle at the center. Every time someone went to the paint, it was just <laughs> a convergence of the Scottish army. Yeah, I mean, it's we needed bagpipes playing in the background, um, and it it was some of it was kind of vicious. I'm not going to say dirty. It was just hard, and that like. They were testing the waters. It's like, oh, right. you didn't call that one? Right. I'll push him a little harder next time. Right. Oh, you didn't call that one? I'll, I'll swing my arm around a little harder next time. Because dirty is usually with an intent to injure. That's yeah. or, or with malintent. Vicious and the way you described it is just you're not getting an easy layup. Uh, you, if you want to come in the paint, 32, you're not landing on two feet. Yeah, no, See, that that's what it was like, and it was like, okay, Tyler Jamison, you're going to try to drive to the basket. We're going to make you pay for it every time. You're gonna you're gonna go home tonight and find out that you have bruises on your back, your side, your stomach, your chest, your legs. We're we're going to damage you if you want to get your points tonight. So essentially, Jordan rules circa 1988 when. The Pistons and Bill Lambeer and Rick Mahorn are just clotheslining yeah. Michael Jordan trying to get to the hoop. And and the, the, the officials let it go uh, both ways. Um, and, like, uh, the, there were several times Brian Jameson um, was disappointed with him. But the guy that was – Disappointed. The, 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 the guy that was really on them, though, was uh, Jay Seletsky, uh, the Lance Cruz North coach. Even when the call went for his team – he would he would turn because he was walk, pacing back and forth. I was by their bench for the broadcast, and and he'd look at me and he'd go, "That was a bad call." See, he's I, like, his kids going to the line to shoot free throws, and he's like, "That was a bad call." See, I can appreciate that. He he know he's not gonna 
stay quiet when there's a bad call, even if it benefits him. Yeah, and, and again, at one time he, he he said it he said it loud enough for me to hear. So I'm thinking other people heard it too. Was he? Oh, go he, ahead. He, he's he's like, I can't believe at a district semi a, a division one district semifinal we get grade school officials. Was he facing you when he said this? No. Oh, so you his back's to you. His back is to me, and I can hear this. As a guy in stripes is walking by, mm, so and, and no tease, which I will give you credit if for not having thin skin because there's nothing that really irks me more than a super prideful official that the first time you even question their authority they throw around a T. So I always give props to officials that can take the abuse from the coaches because it's part of the job and yes you don't cross a line but to not have that thin skin and get your feelings hurt so uh, granted that might have warranted a yeah. <laughs> 11 11 after one the second quarter was 7 7 so it was 18 18 at half scoring picked up in the second half the bad quarter for northern was the third they got outscored 19 11 in the third and then in the fourth quarter, again, with the officials not calling anything and, you know, the, just the, the physical play picks up uh, and, and, and literally, you know, it's, it's a battle of attrition and Lance Cruz North just kind of grinded to the finish line and won the game 55-44. But once they got Northern at arm's length, the, the big battle became Jamison against Juwan Caldwell. And Caldwell had an answer for everything that Jamison did. Tyler scored 20 in the second half. Caldwell scored 19 in the second half. Tyler finished with 28. Caldwell finished with 21. I gave Caldwell player of the game. Right. His shots were huge. It was every time. Big hoop for Northern. Jamison gets them to within five. They've got it. No, there's Caldwell dunking at the other end before I can (laughs) finish my sentence. Yeah, those uh, those ones are the more deflating because as a fan you're like yes we're we're in close we just need a stop oh, okay there's a three mm. so uh, they had an answer for everything and then again we had talked about it secondary scoring Lance Cruz North had it 21 from Caldwell but they got 12 from Drew Cosell nine from Connor Cokey five points from Adam Cook four points from Demar Howard who was played maybe 10 minutes and was super effective. Um, one of the more vicious plays of the game, he, he put Jacob Clark in a headlock. Jacob Clark, I don't know if he comes up to Jamar Howard's belly button. <laughs> Big you're saying he's like a football dude. player. He, he's, he's a guy that you would see playing on the offensive or defensive line. He's your left tackle blindside guy. Yeah, he, he, he is a, a, a Big Bubba, and he was pushing people around and – he knew he had five fouls, and I think his instructions were go out and get five fouls <laughs> and make sure most of them are on Jamison. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, he, he, he was their enforcer. <laughs> he, was, he was their Bob Probert in this game. Yeah. Um, is, is, I think, the, the way to best define him. Uh, but for the Huskies, you know, after Jamison, seven points for Evan DeLong, who knocked down a couple of threes. But Malachi Pitt- Mitchell had three points. Jacob Clark had three points. Luke Maher had uh, three points. If they could just get, you know, another basket or two from those guys, 
might be a different story at the end of the ball game. Yeah, because that's one thing we talked about. They didn't have to give you a 15 or 20, but you needed all of them to be in that 5 to 10 point range. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, and, and Luke Maher's a shooter. Mm-hmm. Make two threes instead of one three. Just make one more three. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Clark. Ryan Collins, make a three. Just at some point in the ball game, give your team that little bit. Those eleven points, you can make. You can make those points up with just again, three or four guys making one more shot. Um, and that didn't happen for for Northern in this game. But but again, um, points, especially in the first half, points very hard to come by. Yep, because the first half was more big time wrestling <laughs> than basketball. Um, and, and it, it, it was, it was a good game. I'm not going to sit here and say I didn't enjoy watching that basketball game, but, uh, I think I, I commented, uh, once, you know, in the first half, went to a basketball game and saw wrestling finals instead. <laughs> yeah. It's a disappointing way for Northern season to end. It's, uh, unfortunate cause they did some great things. Undefeated league champs. First time they've done that in school history, um, put together a great season for a team we weren't so sure how good they would be. Oh, and, and we and, knew and, Tyler Jamison was going to be really solid. We just didn't know if he had enough around him. Was it going to be a one-man show? Like it kind of was in the beginning, but once they hit their stride, there were a lot of nice players that and, came and, up. And we were looking at it and looking at the schedule and who they're going to have to play this year, and it's like, uh, you know, with Tyler, maybe they'll get ten and ten. Yeah, a good year they'll they'll win eleven or twelve. Um, at one point, what they have an eleven game winning streak. Yeah, and I think Tyler was even better than we thought he would be. Maher had that nice run where it felt like he was scoring in double digits for a couple weeks. Malachi Mitchell had a few big games. Evan DeLong came on as the season went along, and. You just always know you have that bear of a district at the end, that it's almost going to take a sensational team to get out of that district. And one of my favorite moments of the season at uh, Lakeshore when they introduced uh, Malachi Mitchell as Malachi Mitchell. They tried. (laughs) They tried. He got it right the second time, so somebody went over and told him. Malachi. But he introduced him in the starting lineup as Malachi Mitchell. That's not even a name. (laughs) Malachi. Uh, and every time you touch the ball after that, the rest of the season when I'm doing a Northern game, I'm I'm dying inside because I want to call him Malachi Mitchell, <laughs> but I'm not going to do that because it's Malachi. Yes. So, <laughs> all right. Um, so, yeah, that district has Lons Cruz North and Dakota as a final. And, and that should be an interesting <laughs> game. That's going to be a, a barroom bar brawl. Yeah, uh, bring, bring a couple extra boxes of Kleenex because there might be some bloody noses tonight. <laughs> yeah, you saw that a year ago. Uh, anyway, in Division Two, I was in St. Clair for a pair of games. Early game was Armada versus St. Clair. Um, St. Clair, story for the Saints, had been their defense. And, oh, boy, did their defense show up. So, basically, the last month of games, let's give you their, their, the defensive outputs. Uh, February 7th. 30 points given up to Southlake, 32 given up to East Point, 32 given up to Fitz, 30 given up to Lance Cruz. Outlier, 73 given up to Cousineau, and they gave up, I think, 38 in the first half. Yeah. 
and you were but there. But Cousinol was lights up for like a week during the MAC tournament. Cousinol shot like seriously, like 60%, 70%. Yeah, and then uh, cut scene, they lose their opening round district game. They got, yeah. hot. They got hot too early. Uh, New Haven, the next game, a MAC white team that can score, put up almost 100 um, in their district opener, 41 points. They get the win. Sterling Heights, they give up 19. Against Armada, their defense played absolutely lights out. 21 points given up. They win 52-21. Now for Armada, Andrew Snezak played. You could tell he wasn't 100%. He had that kinetic tape on his left shoulder, and he really wanted to play. Kid plays hard, plays with guts. He was playing with one arm as the game went on. He didn't score, um, and he, he gave it a try, but just didn't have it. St. Clair's defense is absolutely locked down right now. No one could get in a rhythm for our for Armada. Wyatt Waskins had uh, six points on two threes. That was Armada's leading scorer, and only one Saint got into double figures. Kai Pennewell with 10, Cam Bleasdale had 8, Luke Ellis had 7, Eli Lohr only had 3 points in the win. They just slowly, methodically, death by a thousand cuts is I guess is how I'll yeah. put it. They only had 33 points going into the fourth quarter. Dennis, most nights you have 33 going into the fourth, you're in trouble. If you're St. Clair, you're up 19. Yeah, Because Armada still plays defense hard. They play... Armada is one of the most consistent effort teams you will get. Like, they don't go into stretches where they're getting outworked. They just couldn't score a basket to save their lives. And St. Clair just put the clamps on. Um, again, granted, Armada didn't play great. Like St. Clair's defense is really, really good. That wasn't Armada's best effort. No, and I'll say this, too. It's hard to play when your better guys are hurt, and their better guys were hurt. Yes. You know, if, if, if Sneezak can't play, that's a guy that, that gets them 12 to 14 to 15 a game and can score in the 20s. Yes. And you take that away, all of a sudden guys who have been in peripheral roles have to take the head spot. Their, their best defenders are now on those guys, and it's just a ripple effect down the whole lineup. Armada season ends at 11 and 10, which if you think about what they lost from last year, not a bad showing from the Tigers, considering they lost a historically good class. Yeah, and, and at one point, the, their record was actually even better. They struggled down that. the stretch. They struggled down the, down the stretches. I, I think they got beat up. So St. Clair goes to the finals, and they did so in very easy fashion, I guess is the best word for that, because they didn't really have to worry about that game at all. Second one, Richmond versus Marine City. Great atmosphere. Both schools brought a student section. I thought this was funny. The St. Clair student section stayed to see who they would play on Friday. So you had three student sections in the small St. Clair gym. Uh, Richmond, we knew what they were. Marine City, I laid out a path that they could maybe pull off an upset. Um, a, a road path to victory, and Richmond took the car, dro drove it over the berm, and said, not a chance, you're not going any farther. Marine City gave them hell coming out of the gate. It was 14-9. to They were trading shots. Uh, 
Richmond did a good job beating the zone of Marine City. Marine City had played man-to-man a good portion of the year. They played zone. Sebastian Mays was doing excellent, an excellent job finding the soft spot in it. And as the game went on, Marine City got into a bit of foul trouble, just couldn't really do a lot. Uh, Wyatt Walker and Scott Crutchmar, they scored. They had 18 and 15 respectively, but... No one else had more than seven points, and besides that, Luke Collins had seven, and after that, no one had more than two. Uh, Richmond was just better than Marine City, and they did it with a complete effort. Mays had 18, uh, Marcus Thompson 15, Carl Stevens 13, Daquan Haskins 12, adds up to the 69-47 Richmond victory over Marine City. And You knew Richmond was the better basketball team, but... If Marine City could have mucked it up enough, they would have had a chance. But they were a little too aggressive. Richmond wasn't phased too much by the physicality and hit their shots. If Marine, or excuse me, if Richmond made free throws, they would have won by thirty. They probably missed ten free throws down the stretch, or oh. just throughout the whole game. Yeah. Um. And and we'll get to this St. Clair Richmond matchup uh, in, oh, I'm in the next for uh, that one. segment. All right, the rest of uh, Wednesday's activities, uh, and jump in where you like. Croslex uh, at Emily City beat Yale 81-46. to <laughs> Croslex being Croslex. Yeah, and that first quarter they had was just a butt whooping. 14 of 15 from the field, 5 of 5 from 3. One turnover on the first possession. They were up 31, I think, 12 after one. It's like... You 35 to 12. 35 to 12. Yeah. It's like you don't even have a chance. Like that's out of the gate. That's maybe as impressive as what they did to Armada in the district finals last year. Like when Croslex is clicking on all cylinders, it's an absolute thing of beauty. Yeah. That, and then, then you talk to Lance and you'd go, oh, we gave up 12 points. That's too many. Yeah. Well, when they uh, basically, uh, how I like to put it, when they cop an attitude. They're kind of hard to beat, aren't they? Yes. <laughs> Paging Reese. <laughs> yeah. Uh, MLA City uh, beats uh, Elmont 40-26 to as uh, the Spartans grind out the win. Grady Nash with 13. Andrew Batter with 10. Uh, Clayton Rosheski had nine for Elmont, and they got seven from Blake Campbell. So Croslick's MLA City is the final uh, tonight out there, and that's actually where I'll be. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, New Haven, 97 Kimball Landmark, 18, and New Haven will play Memphis in the final tonight. Memphis got a forfeit win over Mount Clemens. Something was going on there because the girls forfeited a regional game and the boys forfeited a district uh, game uh, in the same week. Bad Axe beat Harbor Beach, 57-43. to 43. Bad Axe had such a tough – or oh, Harbor that, Beach that, had such a tough district. Yeah, that, that, that district was insane. Um, Millington over Brown City, 52-50. to 50. Um, a little uh, disappointed by little, that. A little disappointed because Marlette got it done. They beat Kingston 54-45. We were kind of hoping for a Brown City Marlette uh, third time around in the final there. Instead, mm-hmm. uh, it'll be uh, Marlette against Millington tonight. Uh, I, I, I don't know how this happened. This is a bigger upset than Marysville Lake Fenton. Uh, Mooney, 71, Parkway <laughs> Christian, 49. You can't even say that with a straight <laughs> face. I'm just doing it because I know uh, I know at some point I'm going to see Mike again, and he's just going to give me a hard time about this. 
Yeah, we just feed the rat poison straight to Mooney. Wait till baseball season. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but Mike Rice will love that. Trent Rice had 13. Julian Iadisi had 11. And uh, the senior, Jaden Trice, with nine points and eight rebounds. Every single player scored for Mooney in uh, this one. Peck beat Mayville 54-36. to 36. Uh, North Huron top Deckerville 55-46. to uh, 46. And Ubley beat Caseville 64-13 to 13 was the final in that one on Wednesday. And that sets up uh, all the uh, games for tonight. And there are seven of them that we will tell you about. Uh, and a few we'll uh, take our uh, time with um, and uh, talk about it, starting with that uh, St. Clair uh, Richmond uh, matchup coming up uh, this evening in just a moment as soon as I find the right page that I need and hope that all the <laughs> buttons work. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-87. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 Hey guys, Brady Beaton here to let you know that TP Logos is now at their brand new location. Now located at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville, TP Logos has the largest in-stock selection of your team's spirit wear. While the location has changed, the service has not. They still will handle all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Check out tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP Logos. 
Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our game. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things. Like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref! That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome uh, back. Uh, Dennis and Brady, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck On Sports uh, podcast. Boys District Finals tonight, and uh, we start in uh, D2 with uh, the Richmond-St. Clair Final at St. Clair. This is where Brady will be tonight, 7 o'clock. You might not want to miss this one. (laughs) No, no. I am really excited for this because these are two different types of teams, kind of like your Reese-Sandusky girls game. Both teams... Uh, St. Clair likes to slow it down. Richmond likes to push the pace. They want to score more points. St. Clair likes to keep it lower scoring if they uh, need to. Some interesting personnel matchups. Who are you going to guard with Eli Lore? Because there's about three different options you can match him up with. Quan Haskins, put him on Carl Stevens, put him on Carl Thompson, or Marcus, Marcus Thompson. Thompson. And all three you can make an argument for. The inside the paint game is going to be interesting because Mays is kind of the X factor for Richmond. You know one of Haskins, Stevens, or Thompson is going to get theirs. They always are. One of them is going to be above 15 to 20 points. That's basically boilerplate stuff for a Richmond game. But Mays has had games where he's gone basically 20 and 20. He's had games where he's gone like 4 and 2, which... Makes a huge difference. Can Kai Penowell and Hunter Richardson, which is maybe the best two-man big rotation the area has, stop him, slow him down, not let him dominate the offensive boards, not let him find that soft spot because he has a knack for getting where the defenders are and letting them just drop it off and putting it up and in. For Richmond, if you have to go through the half-court sets, I know you did it well against Marine City. I'll tell you right now, St. Clair is playing a hell of a lot better defense than Marine City is because they're playing a lot better defense than just about anyone in the area. They are making it almost impossible to score. It's like pulling teeth to get 
any points against St. Clair. What are you thinking about this one, Dennis? Because I have a feel, but I'm really not sure. I couldn't say either side has the edge with any sort of confidence. Okay, here's my thought on it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say Cramp, Bleasdale, um, and who, who, one of the Ellis's versus Bartolomucci, Rajewski. It's it's those guys, I think. Whoever wins. Trey Graham. Trey Graham. He's a wild card. Whoever wins that three-on-three battle, like take that group and whoever gets the most points, that might be the difference in the game because everybody else might cancel each other out tonight. That's a good shout. I'm, I think Richmond has a slight edge in guard play because they have – I take their three guards over the starting two of Ellis and Lore, but St. Clair has two really nice big men where Mays is the main big man for Richmond. And then, yeah, you get into the bench and the last of the starters, that's kind of who it comes down to. I think one advantage Richmond ha- or, or St. Clair has over Richmond is it's a shorter court. It's harder to get out and run on a shorter court. I think St. Clair's is only like 84 feet. I think it's the smallest you can have it in, yeah. in uh, high school basketball, where if it's the full 92, gives you a little more space to work with. But um, And uh, another guy, um, keep an eye on uh, Trayvon Thompson. Yeah, he didn't play against Marine City, but when he, he's – been one of those guys sometimes you see him and he goes off for a lot other times he doesn't play at all and it's yeah very hot or cold uh, uh and you know and st Clair has those guys too like, like i say cramp is a guy i've seen him score 10 12 points in a game and then i've seen him not play as much and only get two points graham's the same way i've seen graham score 15 points in a game and not play at all yes uh in in a game but I, I really think, like, you know, the the stars are going to do their thing, but in the end when the smoke clears, that'll be pretty close. And so it's going to be those guys that we don't always talk about but who play significant minutes for their teams uh, of, of which guy in those groups stands out tonight because that might be the guy that pushes his team over the top. Let me give you a defender who might make a difference. For St. Clair, Derek Distelrath. He doesn't score a lot. He only had four against Armada. Don't know if he's gotten in the double figures this year. But he is one of the peskiest defenders you'll have to play against. Who do they match him up with? Do they try to... Maybe you put Lore on Stevens because he has more size and Distelrath coming off the bench. He guards... Haskins or he guards Thompson and trying to neutralize him because he's hard to get around he's not an easy player to score on and that's something that at the end of the night you don't look at the scorebook but you go you know watch the film he played really good defense yeah. in this game and can be the difference because and, and another factor Jim is going to be packed Jim doesn't hold a ton I think it holds like 800 people total um, in, in, in the gymnasium it's going to be loud what team keeps its composure better? Because I'm just going to tell you, 
If you're that Warren Cousineau fan from earlier in the season that couldn't handle a student section, <laughs> do not you're go to. You're don't, still bitter about that. Don't. I'm just using it as an example. Don't go to this game because I have a feeling, a strong feeling, there might be a good amount of chirping going on from the student sections. <laughs> um, question, like, because uh, I, I think. Um, you, I, I think you got to put lore on Stevens. Um, but, and then you, what, put do, Ellis on, do you sacrifice some of Lore's offense having him to worry about? Cause Stevens can outside inside you. Yes. Uh, I think you can, because St. Clair's shown that look at Wednesday, they don't need lore to score 15 points to win. They can, they can money ball it together and yeah. get, I 10, still, 8, 8, 7, 6, 5, and you're going, all right, they win 48, 42. I still think you need at least 10 from Eli tonight. Oh, probably, yes, but you don't need to – when you say sacrifice, I mean instead of him being uber offensive and working for 20 points, he can get 8 to 12 and St. Clair can still be fine. The other thing he does well that, again, doesn't show up on the stat sheet, he's really calm bringing the ball up the floor. He doesn't. You don't have to worry about him getting pressed and turning the ball over when you get the ball in his hands. And that's one thing Richmond does really well is get off to quick starts and score a lot of points early in the first quarter. And St. Clair is one of those teams that can, you know, they can slow that down um, and that might benefit them. So if I had to pick somebody to win this basketball game and, and I'm not trying to to like cop out give me a quarter and i'll flip it <laughs> yeah um i don't know what this game is going to be like and i don't know who's going to win it i've had a gut just the way st Clair has been playing consistent defense i mean take the one cuz no game that's the outlier yeah. for a month and a half they have been playing they have gotten in their group playing lockdown defense richmond is the harder one they're the more volatile team at their best i think they're better than st Clair when they're playing the way they did against mooney for a while against croslex for most of the marine city game if they play like that i think they have more than st Clair. however they are so up and down at times if they go in a slump it's going to be hard to get out of, especially if St. Clair's already limiting their offense. Yeah, the, you could see a scenario where Richmond maybe goes four or five minutes without scoring a basket if they don't if they start to play poorly offense. Yeah, and they have had those spots uh, even in the really good games that I've, that I've seen them play. And generally, especially come playoff time, defense is what you'd rather have. You'd rather have a good defense, but it's an interesting matchup. Um, I want this, I'm excited for it. I want this to be an interesting matchup, Crosslex Imlay City. We've always felt like if there was somebody besides Richmond who might have a chance to end all of Crosslex streaks, it's Imlay City. The game's in Imlay City, but you know what? <laughs> Crosslex Cross is just too darn good. And the way this rivalry is – you're not going to get a chance of Croslex looking past them. That's the one thing that maybe hurts MLA City. Now, if Croslex got put on an island with their district and they were playing a bunch of teams they didn't know about or didn't really care about, 
you might get the look-by factor. You're not going to get it. These two teams don't like each other. These two schools don't like each other. Cross-Lex is going to treat this game with the utmost respect it deserves because MLA City can bite you if you just try to roll the ball out and collect your hardware, Lake Fenton, and <laughs> just not think much of it. But you know Lance is going to have them ready. It is an advantage for MLA City playing on their home gym, and I commend MLA City and and their athletic department for getting all these regionals and districts because they understand how much it helps their team, how much it gives them an advantage. Look at MLA City girls last year winning a regional on home on their home court. They want uh, MLA City boys have played in regionals on their home court, playing district championship against the the evil empire of the BWAC, Croslex, but. Yeah, and until they're leading in the fourth quarter, you're just kind of penciling in Cross Lex because that's been the reality for the past three seasons. Uh, and the la- when they played at Emily City earlier this year, Emily City actually made a run at them in the, the third quarter, and it wasn't really until late third and then into the fourth that Cross Lex finally pulled away from them for at, good. At Cross-Lex, they were up at half, weren't they? And then got an and one to start the third. And then Cross-Lex, cop the attitude, yeah. cut scene, down 20 in the fourth. Yeah, that's uh, so. That's the matchup there. Memphis plays New Haven tonight. Millington goes up against uh, Marlette. Uh, and then the next three districts tie into each other because all the winners go to the same regional. And by the way, the Crosslex Emily City winner, Richmond St. Clair winner, they go to the same regional. But opposite sides of the opposite bracket. Opposite sides of so the uh, bracket. St. Clair Richmond would play either Warren Collegiate or Notre Dame Prep. And Crosslex Emily City would play either Lake Fenton and Goodrich. Did I have yep. that right? Yep, you got all it. All right. All right, so you you first you've got uh, Mooney taking on Math and Science tonight. Math and Science advanced, by the way, by beating New Haven Merritt 69-59. Left that score out from Wednesday. Sorry about that. Uh, and, and again, Mooney the heavy favorite here. Uh, and uh, headline then- from six hours from recording: Mooney takes the district title over Math and Science by twenty. Math and science is three and three in their last six, and they're two and zero oh in the postseason. Yeah, they're about to be two and one in the postseason. Respect their authority. I will not they ignore that zero and fifteen start to the season, <laughs> and the fact that they've probably played arts and tech and the, <laughs> there is no arts and tech. There's a Pontiac Arts and Tech oh, Academy. Okay, yeah, Sorry. that's who they're playing, and they probably also played English and social studies too in in their league. <laughs> Peck is taking on Genesee Christian tonight, uh, and the winner of that game will play the winner of the Ubley Kindy North Huron District uh, final game that will be played tonight. We could have a fun region up in Peck if Peck, Ubley, and Mooney. Yeah, that's all the cool win. thing about that, too. If Mooney, Peck, and Ubley all get there, it's at Peck. Yes, it is. So uh, that will be fun. And the uh, the other one uh, with Richmond, St. Clair, Crosslex, Emily City, uh, those teams are all headed to Flint Powers next week, or at least the, the winners of those games are headed to Flint Powers for the boys' regionals next uh, Monday and Wednesday. Uh, and the girls' quarterfinal for Marysville is on Tuesday, 5.30, UAD Mercy, Marysville against Detroit Country Day. Yep, and you'll be there for that one. I'll still be around for the regionals on Monday. 
So, again, I'll get to set the table for you so you can eat on the regional finals on Wednesday. Yeah, great. I got to split into two and go to two regional finals maybe. Yeah, we might have to find someone. Figure it all out. Anyway, um, one more time, remind them where we are tonight. Tonight, uh, I am in Imlay City, Croslex, Imlay City, 7 o'clock for the tip there. And Brady is in St. Clair for St. Clair and Richmond. Again, uh, you got a 7 or 7.30 tip I tonight? I think it's 7. I think it's a 7, too. I, th- I think the state makes everybody play the district final at 7. Maybe. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's 7. If not, uh, if it's 7.30, it's better to be early than late. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, it's Friday, right? So enjoy, It is Friday. Enjoy your weekends as well. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.